Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezrat Hashem will be starting, we'll be learning Daf Chavav in Maseches Yuma, and we'll be starting with the very last line of Chafeim and Bez. What were we talking about? Well, we were sacrificing an animal, people, and we had a four-way machlokis, if I remember correctly, as to the order. You cannot cut this, uh, you cannot lift this animal entirely on your own. You have to cut it into some pieces, uh, the limbs, uh, Rabbi Ari Leibowitz, the great Tafyomi master. Can you cut the limbs into more than one part? There's a machlokas apparently, but it seems pashtas from these mishnayos that you keep the limbs at least whole. And what Ari Leibowitz was pointing out, that might be true according to everyone, but what is considered a limb might be the machlokas. For example, how many limbs do we have in our hand? So we view our hand as one limb. Anyway, the, it's a long way of saying that we are having a procession of, and we'll see exactly how many kohanim we have, depending on the day, um, carrying each one of the limbs up the ramp. And we will also see fascinating machlokas. Um, are these, are, is the same kohen that's bringing the limbs up the ramp also placing the limb on the mizbech? Or is he in fact leaving it on the ramp uh, for another kohen to have another kibbutz of taking it from the ramp to the Mizbech. The analogy that I accidentally uh, stepped into yesterday was that of giving out many multiple kibudim at a bris milah celebration. And as it turns out, that becomes very relevant very quickly today That uh, because we're gonna be talking about the Katoras. Just the last thing that we talked about was in the discussion, in the four machlokas about the order with which we place these limbs on the ramp and or the Mizbech, we noted that everyone holds that you start with the head. So it's nice to start with the head. Um, and the reason why you start with the head, so first of all, we asked, why do you have the hind leg with the head? And that was because the head really doesn't have a lot of meat on it, so the hind leg has the most, so that's fine. And then the, the, Mishnah, the Gemara said that everyone knows we start with the head from a Pasuk. The Pasuk says, finally we get to our point, which is that the Pasuk says, it's for a show, the S Pedro Arach. Okay, that says you're gonna cut it into pieces, so that's good. And then it says you cut first the head and the fat, and then you arrange it on the Mizbeach. Fine. So now the last line in Chafeim and Beis, it says Ve'idach Peder Achrina. But we have another mention of the fat, right? So in other words, the Psukim here are talking about uh, the the head and the fat. It says but it mentioned the fat elsewhere also. So what was the point of that? Why did that Pasuk say that it should arrange, right, um, that you should arrange all of the, right, the netachav, uh, the pieces, the head and the fat, um, when, we, when we have the pieces mentioned, we assume that that also includes the fat, because after all, the fat is one of the pieces of the animal. So why does it repeat the fat? That's what the Gemara wants to know. To which the Gemara finally answers on Chafav and Aleph before the Mishnah, to satisfy this brisa. The brisa said, Aha. The peder is the fat. I think it's the abdominal fat. And you take that fat, and what do you do? You kind of just put it on the 
uh, area where you did the incision. Why? Because after all, um, to you, Andrew, it may seem uh, unsavory to have pieces of animal, but you have to think of yourself as, like, as if you're Rabbi Tzvi Holland Shlita, who loves Shlita, and this is not something that is unsavory at all. It's the highest form of praise, and korbanos certainly is what we've been discussing for a long time. Nothing wrong with that. However, even for those people who um, are homicidal maniacs when it comes to animals, they still do not consider it appropriate or the nicest thing to put a severed head of an animal on top of the Mizbeach where you see the incision um, where the Shechita was done. And therefore, that incision, which is, you know, it mostly bled out, but it's still kind of like raw, that is covered with the fat, and that is what is meant by the Pasuk, and it is a more covetic way to place, to arrange these limbs on the Mizbeach. Okay. Yashakoch. We have arrived at the Mishnah on Daf Chavav Amdalaf, and let's see what we're doing with the third of the four lotteries. So here we go. Apayas Ashlishi. Chadashim Laktaris Bohu Vehafisu. That it means that the third lot, the third lottery is for the Ktaris. The third pious is for the Ktaris. Okay, who gets to burn the Ktaris, the burn incense? That's a big thing. Now, Chadashim. What does the Mishnah mean by Chadashim? So the, what the Mishnah means is, as we'll see, Rashi, Chadashim Laktaris, Mishal Azacha Laktaris Miyamov. Vagamara Mifarish Maishna Chadashim. Okay, so why does it say it? A little preview, because they did not give the kavod of the Ktoris more than once in a lifetime because they wanted to spread the wealth. I've said too much, we'll see it in the Gemara. But that's what it means by Chadashim, that anybody who was burning the, Kedosh, the Ktoris, it was the first time they had done it in their life. Okay. And then, Beharavi, Chadashim im Yishonim mi ma'ale'e kevesh la'mizbeach. So our Mishnah makes it sound over here, that you bring them, you bring them up from the ramp up until the mizbech. We'll see how that's um, how that's divided. But be that as it may, it's chadashim im yeshanim. This is not a uh, kibud that's done once in a lifetime. People would have done it multiple times in a lifetime, and that is what the fourth lottery is for to see who gets that schus of doing that avoda. So now we arrive at the gemara, and the gemara says tana me'olam lashana adam ba. A person never repeated it. What's it? The Ketoris. The Ketoris, as indicated in our Mishnah, was only done once in its life. My time, what's the reason? Because it is a skula for, or really this makes sounds like very cause and effect, it makes somebody wealthy. If you do the Ketoris, it makes somebody wealthy. So last night I get text, because I already alluded to this yesterday, I get texts from Zalman Daiv. What makes you wealthy? What is it that makes you wealthy? What exactly is the practice that you were referring to that makes you wealthy? So we're going to describe it. But first, let's read a little further. My taima, why would you think that the Ketoris brings you wealth? What is it? Because the Pasuk says that you should put Ketoris where you are? Well, that's not all it says. Aha. So again, you're talking about Dvarim Periklam and Gimel. So this Pasuk Yud says, So it tells you, here are the Chukim, here's the Torah, put the Torah on the Mizbech, it's going to be great. But it says, the Torah, 
but really what it's saying is when you do the Ratzon Hashem and you follow the Torah, it's going to be like Torah Ba'apecha. It's going to smell like incense and smell very savory in, in your nose. V'chalil al-mizbechecha. And it'll be like bringing Chalil as an Ola. It's a Korban Ola because Chalil implies that it's, that it's consumed completely. Okay. So it's, it's going to be like bringing Korban Ola, which we know is a very high form of praise because it's Kulo la Hashem. And so it's going to be like the smell of Katoris in your nose, and the Ola is going to be like Kula Lashem. Fine. And then the next Pasuk, Zvarim Perik Lamed Gimel, Pasuk Yer Aleph is, Berach Hashem Chelo, Fael Yadav, Tirzeim, Echatz Matayim, Kamav, Misanav, Mikumun. That Hashem will praise you entirely. So we see that if you do the Ratzon Hashem, it'll be like the Katara, and that's juxtaposed with the Pasuk of, that will bring you. Right, um, that'll bring you bracha and hatzlacha, and that is how the Ketoris is tied into bracha and hatzlacha, so that is what the association is. However, the Gemara asks, si hachi olanami. If that's the case, that it's the juxtaposition of those two psukim, then it says, haksiv v'chalil al-mizbechecha. So in other words, the Pasuk, immediately preceding these bracha and hatzlacha, referred not only to the Ketoris, but also referred to the korbanola. So bringing korbanola should also bring you ashiros, is the point. So the Abaye says to that, Yeah, okay, but, you know, the, 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 basically, this was like a meat factory. We were constantly bringing carbonos. And so the carbonola was very common. And you see, you can't just say that the carbonola is, a, is also skula because it has to be something a little bit more unique. Okay. It has to be something a little bit more unique. Um, and so fine, so the Ketoris is more unique. What is it that Zaman Dov is asking? He's asking, what is this thing that people do? Um, so, by the way, Hashricha, Loshricha, Rashi, Umistabra, the Chichsiv, Osher, Adaloshricha, right? In other words, wealth, we know. Um, I mean, Andrew, you and I uh, understand, and Barry, you know, everyone here in Nejak, really everyone here in, in Baltimore, we're like one percenters, right? We know that oh, we have uncommon. We have uncommon comforts these days. But that's not common. You can't expect that. And so it is known, says Rashi, that wealth is not for everyone. Not everyone experiences that. And the im lokein nimtsu akol And But if it had to do with, in other words, if wealth, <laughs> uh, I'll say it differently than Rashi. Rashi says that if the Ola was also a school for wealth, everybody would be a shirim. And we know that not everybody is wealthy. Uh, I'll say it a little bit differently. It's maybe more cynical. Um, not, I'm not taking on Rashi. I'm just saying there's another way to understand it, which is if everybody was wealthy, nobody would be wealthy. Get it? Like, and that's what, like here in, in America, let's say, in 2021, we're all relatively, our quality of life can't be compared to what it was in the shtetl, right? You can't even begin to compare it. And so even those of us who feel like we should be Sameach B'chalko because even those of us who don't feel wealthy are in fact very wealthy indeed. And so if everybody wealthy is nobody's wealthy, so it has to do with Sameach B'chalko. To a certain extent, if you're talking about Ashiras, if you're talking about wealth, then it has to be relative to everyone else. I remember, Andrew, it was a dark day when they uh, redid Ben-Gurion Airport. Because you have to understand, I was traveling once a month for 16 years, and so I had status. I don't like to brag on the podcast too often on, on the DAF, but I had status, Andrew. And I was... Remember when they used to take the bus to the airplane? 
They used to take you from the lounge on a, on a bus. Well, they used to take everybody on a bus, but they took them on like a really scuzzy bus. And then if you had status, you would stay in this really fancy lounge. And then they would have a very fancy lounge bus that would take you to, after everyone else, all the Hamon Am, we'll call them, was, on the, was boarded. They would take the fancy people and on a specially nice coach bus and then take them. So that coach bus felt like, felt like a king's, uh, a king's parade relative to the bus that everybody else was taking. And then when they did it so nobody had to go on a bus and they made the rest of the, of the airport nicer, it ruined it for everybody in the lounge. Even though our quality of life was like two notches higher, everyone else's was 12 notches higher, too close in quality to our experience ruined everything. So even though our experience got better, it got worse. You understand? Wealth is relative. To answer your questions, Almondov, um, it's common. People put a parchment. They, they take this wealth thing seriously. They want to be the one percenters. So I was talking to my son, Moshe, who lives in a Stolzi part of Muncie, where if you have a baby, you need to have two, not one, but two designer strollers, uh, even though you never walk outside over there in that area. And um, two different types for two different, ex- uh, whatever, for two different kinds of excursions that you never take anyways. Um, and so you could take uh, photos of, of the baby and the stroller in the apartment. Anyway, he barely knows anyone who doesn't have this parchment. They have a cloth. If you read, you know, there's people say it's a school. If you read the parsha of Kataris, then maybe it's also a school of wealth. And so if that's the case, then maybe it's even more effective if you read it off of a cloth. So he doesn't know anybody who doesn't have this cloth in his talis bag. We here in Baltimore, as Rav Usher Weiss Shlita says, the most sonua down-to-earth Torah community in America. That's not me talking. It's Rav Usher Weiss. So we don't need the parchment in the, in the, uh, in the Qataris in our talis bag. Thank you very much. But we've said uh, too much. It's the association of Qataris and, and wealth. Okay. Now, regarding uh, the Pasuk that we talked about, Amarava. We do not find true poskim. Demori means that he teaches the law. So we don't find true Well, I'm from Shevet Levi. Are you from Shevet Yisachar, Andrew? You must be. Levi, um, Yaakov. Right? The Pasuk says, Yorumish Patechal Yaakov. What does that have to do with Levi? Well, that was that was the bracha for 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 Levi, okay. Um, not the bracha in in Vayigash later on uh, when we read it. The other is also bracha. And Yisachar Dechsev U Mibnei Yisachar Yodei Vino Leitim Ladas Mayase Israel. Also an allusion to the fact that the Bnei Yisachar are un, uncommonly wise. They know they know what they know what's good. They know what's going to be to Israel. Okay. Now the, now, the Gemara asks on Rav of Eme Yehuda Nami, Dechsev Yehuda Mechokike. It says, Yehuda Mechokike. Mechokike sounds a lot like Chok, right? That he's going to be a lawgiver, okay? That's a Pasuk actually in Tehillim. So it says, the Rav answers, Asuke Shmaita Liba Dehilchasa Kamina, which Art School quotes the Ben Yehoyada to say that even though Shevet Yehuda also Paskins, we, they, they are Talmud HaChachamim and they're Poskim, but when in doubt, if they argue with Yisachar and Levi, we accept Yisachar and Levi lahalacha. Very good. Okay, so we're in the middle of the page of Chafavim and Aleph. And we say the following. 
This is the sheet of Rabbi Yochanan. Fascinating machlokas. Do you have, right, as we know, a lot of, right, um, when they did the, the, this show in the base of Mikdash of the Tamid, the Korban Tamid, there was a matinee. Well, there was an early morning and then a matinee. There, uh, well, a matinee and an evening show. There's the, the Tamid Shel Shachar and Tamid Shel Bein Arabayim. So there's Shachris and Mircha. Okay, what we call it. So the Tamid Shel Shachar and Tamid Shel Bein Arabayim. So the question is, a lot of it was a repeat performance. And so the question is, do you have a separate lottery for the schus of who does that second part of the performance. So the Gemara asks about Rabbi Yochanan Meisvei. Kishem shemefaisim shachres kach mefaisim ben harbaim. Well, we have an explicit brisa that says that no, that you don't do an, uh, that you don't have the original lottery uh, count also ben harbaim, but the exact opposite, that you do a separate lottery for all the schuyas of the Tamachal ben harbaim. So the Gemara answers, well, kitanya hibiktoris. That Bryson, which says that you do an additional lottery, it's only for what? For the, for the keyboard of being maktir katoris by the Talmud Shabbat Arbaim. As Rashi explains, Lafishaloshana Adam Ba. In other words, you had katoris in the chakras and in the, right, a lot of, it was the same, uh, essential, uh, carbon tamid procedure. But because of the fact that the guy who did the katoris in the morning, can no longer do it ever again in his life because we were spreading the wealth, you need to have another lottery just for the Ketores of the Bein Arabayim. And it is that lottery which the second Brisa uh, is talking about. So it's not really a contradiction to Rabbi Yochanan. The rest of the Korban Tamit Shel Bein Arabayim was in fact covered by the original, um, by the original lots. Vehatanya, however, we have a Brisa that says, Kashem Shem Faisin Lo Shachres Kach Faisin Lo Arvis. Here you got to be sensitive to the grammar. La is, is um, this is not gender neutral. La is like feminine, which is like a Torah, and lo is masculine, which is like Tamid. So when it says, lo lo arvis, if you're paying attention to that language, it sounds like you have another lottery for, in fact, the Korban Tamid, not just for the Ketoros, and therefore it is a problem that Rabbi Yochanan is going to have to contend with that it sounds like we're making a second lottery for the Korban Shabbat Arbaim as well. To which the Gemara says, Ema law. All right, so you know what? Since that's problematic, we're going to say, since the Brises are not quite as edited uh, as the Mishnayis, and so it's a piece of Tanaic uh, information that may have gotten um, a little bit a little bit skewed, so we're going to change the law to law. Everything's going to be good. Rabbi Yochanan's going to be consistent when it's referring to the second pious. It's referring to, in fact, the Ketoros. Perfect, except not so perfect. Says the Gemara, now we're really going to be in trouble. But Tanya, but we have another Tanaic source, another Bryce that says, Kashem Shem Faisen Lo Shachris, Kachman Faisen Lo Arvis, okay? And then, Kashem Shem Faisen La Shachris, Kachman Faisen La Arvis. Uh-oh. So now it sounds like we're casting this lottery for the Ketoros and explicitly also for the Tamid. So how does Yav Yochanan say that you only do one lottery in the morning for the Tamid? So Amar Rishmuel Bar Yitzchak Hacha B'Shabbos Askinan. That Brisa which says that you do it twice is referring to Shabbos. Why would you have a second lottery for Shabbos? Because you have a whole new on Shabbos. It's very unique. We know that on Shabbos, in the middle of Shabbos, the guys who are there for Shabbos Shudas and the guys who are there for Shabbos morning are a whole new set of dudes. We have a whole new group of Kohanim that take over on Shabbos afternoon. 
And therefore, because it's a whole new group of people, obviously, uh, it, it wouldn't make sense, right? In other words, obviously you need to make new lottery because you know, the guys who won the lottery for Shabbos morning are not even doing their vote anymore. So that is the, what Bryce's reference is to Shabbos on a weekday, however, right? They're going to go through the entire day and therefore Rabbi Yochanan is correct. Uh, we could say that you do only one lottery, but that's on the weekday. It is on Shabbos that you make two lotteries, one for the Korban Tamid Shel Shachar, one for the Korban Tamid Shel Bein Harbaim. Okay. So, when we talked about this, the Gemara had assumed, right, the Gemara had said that it's possible that we do a lottery again in the afternoon. So, the Gemara says now, according to this Hava Amina, how, that there was potentially, in other words, we said, Rabbi Yochanan said there's only one lot. And we said, yeah, but we have sources that maybe there's a second lottery. Now the Gemara is saying, how could we have even entertained the possibility that during the week there would be a second lottery? Because after all, if that was the case, nefishi lahu paisos. We already indicated in our previous Mishnah that were, that there were four lotteries. Well, if there was an additional lottery for the Talmud Shalbein Arbaim, then the count would be off. It would be more than four. The Gemara answers, Yes, it, it, it's not exactly, it's not exactly true that we would have to uh, count again. And when we say that there's another lottery, we don't really necessarily mean that there's another gathering. We just mean there's another lottery, meaning everything's being done in the morning, like the four lotteries that we talked about. Right? In other words, they're saying the answer is that it's true that we cast more lots, but we don't do it with a separate gathering, right? The whole shot that we had uh, said earlier was that the number four did not indicate, right? We said the number four doesn't fit because we have more avodas than four, right? And But if you're going to say that you, you just cast the lottery once and then from there you just go around the line like dominoes and you know what everyone's role is, so then you don't even need four, you only need one. So the number four, we couldn't figure out how it fits. We said, no, the number four is really just four separate um, gatherings that we do. And at each gathering, we give out multiple kibudim. That's all. And so that's not really affected by the fact that we also have a lottery for the carbon tum shall be in our because it doesn't mean that we have another meeting. It just means that at one of our meetings, like the morning meeting, we also give out the lottery for the afternoon. That's what it could mean. Um, Okay, now with respect to Shabbos, you wouldn't be able to say that because like we said, it's a new set of dudes. So on Shabbos, you would in fact have to have another meeting only because those guys weren't at the original meeting. Okay, be that as it may, two lines up from the wide, we got two dots. And we quote the part of the mission that says, Here we go, the fourth lot. We're carrying the limbs up. We're carrying them up. We're slapping them up the ramp. Says... Uh, says the Gemara that our Mishnah is not like Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov. Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, we met him already during this Masechet. We already pointed out that he was the author of Maseches Yuma. Uh, I'm sorry, the author of Maseches Yuma was Rabbi Shimon Isha Mitzpeh, the author of Maseches Midos, and it seems also the author of Maseches Tamid was Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov. Okay, so the Tanan, like we learn in, in fact, Maseches Tamid, there was one guy, and if you got the kibud, let's say, uh, Andrew, we always assume, if, he, if it was to be revealed that he'd be a Kohen, that'd be a happy day for him. But there's no question 
that when that lottery is cast, it's already been set in stone that he's going to be the one carrying the intestines. No offense, Andrew. Somebody has to do it. So Andrew's walking up the ramp holding the intestines. And Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov holds that he who carries that, those, uh, that uh, limb uh, up the ramp also is the one that places on the altar. So Andrew's going to take the intestines. He's going to lift it up. He's going to walk up the ramp and place on the Mizbech a big kibbutz. So, what are they? So, why is that connected to our Mishnah? Because our Mishnah very strongly implies that there's a kibbutz of walking it to the ramp, and then you place it on the ramp, and a separate guy takes the intestines from the ramp, right? This is like kvater. Do you have one kvater? Do you have two kvater? Okay. So, what, what are they arguing around? about? Mar Savar Barovam Hadras Melech, Umar Savar Makom Shechina Lav Orach Ara. So there's really two competing ideas here. Barov am hadras melech means the more kibbutim you give, the, the better. Right? That would be our Mishnah. In other words, right? You have, again, a bris, you have a, a Baruch Hashem, all the grandparents are alive, so you give everybody a kibbut, it's better. That's a better covet of Hashem. But the, um, the opposite view would be makom shechina lavorachara, that it's the base of Mikdash. We don't want to look like like, the last thing we want is to, for it to seem like Andrew isn't enjoying carrying the intestines. And then he's just gonna, what, drop it on the ramp like a sack of potatoes and walk away rolling his eyes as he does at me all the time? No. We are going to want to have the maximum covered, which means to act as if this is the biggest keyboard in the world, to carry it like you're carrying a baby, kvater, and for the brismila, and therefore he's carrying the intestines all the way up the ramp, and placing it with tremendous reverence and kavod on the Mizbech all the way. That's what it means when it says, Makom Shechina that when you're doing these activities, you have to make it seem not like a burden, but like a big kavod, and therefore don't drop it in the middle and give it to somebody else, but rather take the entire kavod for yourself. Fine. So now, what happens now, the Gemara, uh, according to the Gemara here, is that Rabbi Yazim bin Yaakov, who holds that the, you don't split up the kibbutz of putting it on the ramp and then putting it on the mizbech. So now he's got one less kibbutz, right? Because one guy is taking both. So I'm a rava. Lo Rabbi Yehuda, Yaakov Yisleder Rabbi Yehuda. Lo Rabbi Yehuda Yisleder Rabbi Yehuda Yaakov. What does that have to do with Rabbi Yehuda? Well, you might remember Rabbi Yehuda had mentioned yesterday that whoever gets the the ktores um, kibbutz also gets the shovel kibud. The shovel and the ktoris was only one lot. If you get one kibud, it means that you get the other. So if you get one kibud, you go to the guy next to you and you say, all right, come with me. As Rashi says, this last Rashi on Chafavim Dalaf, the Amar Lohaya Pius Lamachta, right? There was no pious for the, for the shovel. It was a pious for the ktoris. And if you got that kibud, you go to the next guy to the right of you and you say, okay, that means you're a shovel guy because can't be two places at once. Let's go do this. Okay. Fine. So that's Rabbi Yehuda held that there was only one kibbutz there, right? And Rabbi Le- so so what the Gemara is saying here is Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yaakov can't hold like Rabbi Yehuda, and Rabbi Yehuda can't hold like Rabbi Yaakov. Because why? Because Rabbi Yehuda puts together the Ktaris and the Machta. Rabbi Yehuda and Yaakov puts together putting it on the Kevesh and and then putting it on the Mizbeach. So both of them take what we thought to be potentially two kibbutzim and put them together. So. It, they can't hold like each other because if they held like each other, the imkain batzur lahu payasos. If you hold of both of them, that you put both of them together, so then you'd be only down to less than four lotteries because in fact, you'd be putting too many kibudim together. There wouldn't be enough kibudim for four lotteries. Okay. So therefore, it has to be Rabbi Yehuda that Rabbi Yehuda disagrees with Lesbian Yaakov and Rabbi Yehuda must 
split up putting it on the kevis and putting it on the mizbech. And Rabbi Lazar Yaakov who holds that putting it on the mizbech and putting it on the kevish is the same guy, he must split the Torah Samachta and have two pius piusim for each. Okay. The, to which Rava continues and says, If in fact you were ever to find a Tana that says that there was five lotteries every day, as we turn the Chavavim Beis, so it follow then, says Rava, that if you, if you uh, disagree with both of them, or as it were, agree with both of them, right? The point is, if you split up both the, uh, all of the kibudim, and you give maximum amount of kibudim for me'ala kisei, off the kisei, handing off one to the other, anyway, if you split all those up, then you're going to end up with Five kibudim, and so if you found the Tana with five kibudim, he disagrees with both. Okay. Um, what's the connection, by the way, between Bris Milo that I alluded to and Ktoras? So it's a very loose connection that ends up getting really tied up together by even a lot of poskim. Basically, when Avram Avinu was Mal, his household, he uh, had a lot of orlas there. He put them on a pile, and it was like a mountain, and it stunk to the heavens, as you can imagine. However, the Pasuk says to Hashem, it was like a reach nichach of the Ketoros. So you'd say, well, that's, that's exactly the point, that it, was, that it was stinky, but it was holy, right? It was the Ratzon Hashem. And therefore to Hashem, from that perspective, from a Ruchnius perspective, it was the most beautiful smelling thing in the world. Uh, however, this is really taken like to, you know, halacha and, and, uh, and hashkafa to a large extent, the whole idea of some people have a minhag that a sandak can't get sandakos more than once. And other hal- associated halachas, Ari Rabari Libowitz goes through a whole bunch of halachas that come out treating the bris mila ceremony and sandakos in particular as if it is the ketores. And therefore, um, if you right, based off of that association. So that sort of like homiletic association ends up creeping into a lot of minhagim and even to some halachas. So that's the connection between the kibudim of the Kitaris and the kibudim of the bris mila. Okay. So now we're in the Mishnah Chavavim Beis. Tamid Karev Betisha. Okay, so now we're talking about you're bringing the carbon Tamid and how many dudes are carrying, carrying the animal in pieces up the ramp. Okay. So, as, as Rashi says, Mishas Halachas Eivarim Ve'elech Kachashif. We're talking about from the time that you're putting the Eivarim. So it says like this. Um, sometimes you have nine, Basar, sometimes ten, Bachadasar, Bishnemasar, Veloyoser. So this is like, right, the Mishnah, the Mishnah in Megillah about when Purim could fall, when the Mikra Megillah could fall out. Here is, sometimes you have different um, numbers of Kohanim ranging, right, from nine to twelve, never less than nine, never more than twelve. What would be the scenario? So, Ketzad, how, how does this work out? Like this. Atzmo, Betisha. The Korban Talmud itself, if you count up, take all the Mishnahis we said before, count up all the limbs, and you'll see that it takes nine Kohanim to, to, uh, to do that Avodah on an ordinary Tuesday in July. Okay. Bechag, on Sukkis, Chag is referring to Sukkis usually, Biyad Echad Sluches Shalmayim. Okay, so there's an additional dude, and he's holding a flask of water for the Nisu Chamayim, as we know, is exclusive to Sukkot. So that's how you get ten. Harekan Asara. Bein Arabayim, what about the afternoon? Be'achad Asar. How so? Hu Atzmo Betisha. Ushnaim B'yodam Shnei Gezira Eitzim. The famous Shnei Gezira Eitzim. There they are again. As we said, we talked about is it an Avoda, is it not an Avoda? Those Shnei Gezira Eitzim, those two blocks of wood, you're putting back on the Bein Arabayim. Now, 
again, we have those blocks of wood and the Talmud Shashachar, but that's early, that's part of the early morning preparation, right? But that's already been burned up. So this uh, new firewood action is considered part of the carbon Talmud of Ben Arbaim. So therefore you have, again, it's a Tuesday afternoon, and you have the nine dudes bringing up the animal, and then you have another two dudes, each with uh, the blocks of wood. That's 11. That's how you get 11. And um, and that's one, uh, that's one, Bishabbos. On Shabbos also, Bechadasar, there's also 11, how? Hu atzma betisha, ushnayim biyadam shnei bezichei levona shalechem aponim. Now forget, on Shabbos you have the additional avod of lechem aponim that's associated with the carbon tamid, and that has two spoons of the levona spice, and that is brought on there, and they have two kohanim for that. So, again, on Shabbos, so what would you say? On Shabbos afternoon, is there the two Gazira Aitzim and the two on Shabbos afternoon? So what happens on Shabbos afternoon? Um, that's a good question that I just asked myself. I'm not 100 percent sure, but the but anyways, Shabbos would also be 11 Kohanim, okay? And then Uvi Shabbos And then if you have Sukkis Shabbos Cholamoid, then you're also going to have. In addition to the lechem aponim, you're going to have the uh, additional guy who does the nisuch hamayim. So that day, it's a busy day. You're eating kohelas, and you have uh, and you have th- uh, 12, 12 kohanim doing the avoda of the tamid. Okay. So now the gemara says, "Amar Rabbi Abba v'Yisemer Rami Bar Chama v'Yisemer Rabbi Yochanan ein menaschin mayim b'chag ela b'tamid shel shachar." Right. So that. Overlap you don't you don't ever have. Uh, you never have a Tamil Bain Arbaim where you have the Nisuchamaim also. Mimai. How did he know that? That the Nisuchamaim is only on the morning Tamid. Midiktani, because he was counting up on a Mishnah. It says in our Mishnah, that we said that how do you get twelve Kohanim? Well you have the and then you get to 12 of the Nisuchamaim. However, right? But the, the issue is, right, that the, the Tamid Shel Bain Harabayim would also, you'd have 12 on Chol also, right? So, because after all, right, the, the Bain Harabayim, uh, you had the two extra pieces of wood, just like you had the two guy, the, 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 just like you had the Lavona on Shabbos. So again, he's trying to do what we were trying before, like trying to count how many people there are. So in Tamid Shel Bain Harabayim, you have two extra guys. So it must be when it says that it only has 12 on Shabbos that is on Yantiv that has to be in the morning because if you had the two extra guys carrying the wood, then you'd be up to 14. So the fact that it's only capped at 12 is an indication that that Nisu Chamaim is only done on Shacharis. Okay. So then, it's, a, it's an interesting raya, right? So then, Amar Ravashi, uh, Ravashi is going to bring a explicit proof from Mishnah and Sukkah. Amar Ravashi. Right, that's where we talk about Nisuch Hamayim because it's only done on Chag, which is Sukkot. Says Nami Taninim. We learned in a Mishnah in Sukkot, which says Ulemenaseh. We'll get there soon, Bezat Hashem, Andrew. Ulemenaseh, Ulemenaseh, Omer Hagbe Yadecha. The guy who poured the Nisuch Hamayim, they would all say, "Let's see your hands, hands up, hands up. We want to see your hands." Why did they do that? Because there was once, as Rashi explains, a tzaduki, a tzaduki that didn't do the procedure properly on purpose, because the tzadukim rejected the idea of Nisuch Hamayim, 
And therefore, one time there was a tzaduki, shepam echad, nisech al-gabe raglav, and he intentionally, obnoxiously, poured the mime to make a point on his feet, instead of where it was supposed to be poured into the, into the right um, drain. Rugamu kol And he was pelted with a srogim. Um, okay. This is where the Chashuke Chemed of Zilberstein gets into the whole issue of can you use these Tashmisha Kedusha as weapons? That's not for us. But that's big. Our, Rabari Leibowitz and uh, Rashawn Rosner both love quoting the Chashuke Chemed. I'm, I'm filtering it out for you guys, but this is just to give you a taste of the kind of Shilas that, they, that he uh, discusses on, on these pages. Anyway, an unbelievable raya. Shemami na. We learn from this that what? That the Nisa Chemayim was in the morning. Why? Because when do you have the estrogen in your hand? When you shake lulav. And when do you shake lulav? Only at shacharis. And therefore, the fact that he was pelted with a srogim during Nisuchamayim makes sense because that means that the Nisuchamayim took place at shacharis. Rashi walks you through it. He explains that. Right? Wow. Okay. Now, what about the idea that two kohanim have to place the two blocks of wood? That, they seem lighter than pieces of animal. So why do you need two guys for the wood? So Tanya, Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai Omer. Oh, there he is, Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai, Etana Eloki. Minayin shelasamit shel bein arabaim shetan shnei gzira etzim b'shnei kohanim. How do we know that we have two new guys bringing two new pieces of wood for tan shel bein arabaim? Shnei ma varachu etzim, because that's how the pasuk sounds. The pasuk says that the sons of Aaron and should be should arrange the wood. It already says with regards to Tamil Shashachar that you're arranging all the all the Eitzim. So it must be that it's talking about this additional Eitzim, right? It must be referring to a different Korban. It must be referring to Tamil Shashachar. However, if you're going to say that both of them may be referring, sometimes you can both refer to Tamil Shashachar, but you're just repeating for emphasis. So that would, that uh, doesn't seem like it because it would say Ovid twice. If you look at the Psukim closely, it says by one of them Ovid and the other one says Ve'archu. So Ovid and Archu, right? In other words, like this. Avoda makes sense, right? Because in the Tamit Shel Shachar, you already set up, as we discussed, the bonfire, right? The wood was set up before. So you're just having an Avoda. Archu means a setup. Ah. So you already did the setup for Tamil Shashachar. Archu implies you're doing a setup. So setup sounds like you're setting up the, the fire. Okay. Then the Gemara asks, So just write like you lit it. And the fact that it, says, it doesn't say you lit it, it says that Archu makes it sound like, in fact, it's talking about uh, the Tamil Shalbein Harabayim. But the Gemara says it, shouldn't, it, it wouldn't have said Uvir because he calls it Uvir, Havamina Chad in Trelo. Kamash Malan, what does the Gemara teach you? So there's something actually um, different that we may not have picked up on between the Tamit Shoshachar and the Tamit Shobain Arbaim with respect to the setting up of the wood. The Tamit Shoshachar, that's one guy setting it up in the morning. The Tamit Shobain Arbaim is actually two people setting it up. Um, so, so that is why, um, so, so that is also alluded in the Pasuk, because again, in the Pasuk it says Ve'archu in plural. So Ve'archu uh, alludes to the fact that it's different and unique in the sense that it's more than one. It's two Kohanim doing it, and therefore that's what it alluded to over there. So the Gemara answers, however, 
So, so, in other words, this singular and plural thing could also have been handled just by using the Lashon Be'er in the single for the, and then in the plural. So it says, Inami v'arach or it could have said arach and arachu. But again, the point is, it could have said first single and then plural. My uvi'er v'arachu. Why is the puzzle going on to first say you burn it and then say you set it up? So that's Shmami Nakadaminan. That is, in fact, teaching you that it's talking about two different Tamids. Tum, in other words, we're trying to deflect the proof and say one and two, I don't know. That doesn't necessarily teach me that you have to set it up again. And ultimately, there's no way around it because one says uvi'er in the singular, that he's burning it. And so that certainly is different because of the fact that you have two diff- things that are different. Number one, instead of a vier, it says ve'archu, so it's changing the word. And number two, instead of singular, it's plural. So once you have enough of a change in the pasuk from one to the other, both from single to plural and from uvier to ve'archu, that constitutes uh, a message. We're trying to convey an idea. And so from that, we can, in fact, learn the limud that the tamid shell, bain ha'arbaim, is going to have two kohanim setting it up as a separate kibud. Very good. Now, Chia found a brisa that uh, agrees with this as follows. Tani Rabbi Chia, pa'is pa'amim shlosha asar, pa'amim arbasar, pa'amim chamishasar, pa'amim shishasar. So just as we said before, with regards to the lottery, so now all we're doing is taking the number of 9 to 12, right, which we had for the guys carrying the limbs, and we are, in fact, adding on, tacking on, the four avodas that were aforementioned. We mentioned in the Mishnah on Chafayim Aleph, right, that we had the coin who did the Shechita, the coin that did the Zrika, the coin that did the Trumas Adeshen, and the coin uh, who did the Trumas, who did the, 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 the uh, Menorah, right? Um, so therefore, right, those are four additional avodos for a total of uh, nine plus four is 13. And in the cases where you would have 10, 11, uh, and 12, that would go up to 13, 14, 15, and 16 lots. So that brisa, right, seems to agree with the time of our Mishnah that, 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 our, that it varied from nine to 13, and so, therefore, that time, that price is consistent, and that is it. Now, the most you can have is sixteen. So, according to that brisa, you can never have more than sixteen. The Gemara, however, finds a contradictory brisa, which says Vatanya Shivasa. There's literally a piece of Tanaic uh, information here, data that says that there was a time where there was seventeen. To which the Gemara explains, Ahid the local Rabbi Yaakov Rabbi Yehuda. Why it had to single out Rabbi Yaakov or Rabbi Yehuda? It's not entirely clear because we, after all, said, it's not clear to me, but I'm sure there's a shot, because after all, we said, Rabbi Yudah puts some together, Rabbi Lezben Yaakov puts some together. And so one did not hold like the other, like we just said. That's how we wrap that up with a bow by saying that, again, those would, would hold, like Rabbi Lezben Yaakov, right, who splits up, um, right, if you recall, Rabbi Yehuda said that the Mahtas and the Ketoros were the same. Rabbi Ezra Yaakov said that bringing up to the, to the Keves was the same. So that's why, because that's in fact part of the ceremony, part of the procedure that we're talking about now, bringing it up to the ramp. So bringing it up to the ramp, if in fact you have a separate kibbutz for bringing it to the ramp and then a separate kibbutz bringing it from the ramp to the Mizbech, then certainly in that case, all the numbers would be adding one. 
And so the top number would not be 16, but rather it would be 17. All right, we have five more minutes. And so let's spend it learning the Mishnah on the bottom of Chavavim Beis, shall we? As follows. Okay, up until now, right, we were talking about um, which kind of animal? The carbon tumid. The carbon tumid was brought from a sheep, okay? And the same would be true if you brought a smaller animal like, like a lamb. Okay, these are smaller animals. Okay, but now we're going to talk about mutton, as Dr. Kelman in, in uh, Shomri calls it. Those are bigger animals, the rams and such. So they are brought by a different number, right? If it takes nine kohanim to schlep up a sheep, it's going to take more kohanim to schlep up a ram, as the Mishnah says. Ayel krav ba'chadasar. The ram is brought by 11 kohanim. Okay? When was the ram brought? Mostly musaf, um, etc. Okay. Now, so, fine. Uh, 13 to, to 24 months old is this ram, and it's big. Habasar, the meat, is going to be bechamisha, so it takes five kohanim to schlep up the meat. Akavayim vatsolz vayayin, and then you have the intestines, that's Andrew's job, and the fine flour and the wine. And then Bishnaim Shnaim, that's two Kohanim each. Okay. So that is what? Shnaim Shnaim, two Kohanim each. That's six plus five is 11. Six plus five is 11. Yeah, we got it. Okay. Now, that is the aisle. That's the ram. What about a bull? That's giant. A bull. Par Kariv Besrim Ve'arba. 24 Kohanim. Harosh Ve'haregel. That's going to require three Kohanim. Harosh ba'echad va'regel b'shnayim, right? So you have one guy just carrying. That's going to be Chaim Shechter. He's just carrying the head around of this bull. Yeah, when it's discovered, these are really coming. Va'regel b'shnayim, and then the, the leg has two guys on either side of the leg. Ha'oketz va'regel, the tail and the left leg. Ha'oketz b'shnayim va'regel b'shnayim. It takes two guys to carry the the back side, and and two guys to carry the second leg. The two guys carry each of the legs of this bull. It's a giant animal. Hachazev hagera, the breast and the neck. Again, hachazev echad vagera bishlosha. Three, three kohan for the neck, one for the breast. I would have thought three for the breast, one for the neck. What do I know? I never carried a bull. I'm not a matador, Andrew. Shtei adayim bishnaim. Shtei dufanos bishnaim. So the two forelegs have two kohanim, one for each of the foreleg. We already discussed, right? The animal pushes off its hind leg. That's much meatier and, and bigger. The front leg are wimpier. And therefore, one coin can carry each one. And the two flanks, total of 15. Now, right, and that is three sets of, three sets of kohanim, so that's another six plus 15. Uh, six plus um, 15. Wait a minute. Shlosha, shlosha. The intestines, oh, I'm sorry, that, so, so here it's, you have three guys carrying the intestines, so that's nine. Right, so it's 15 plus 9. That's the difference. Instead of one guy carrying the intestines, you have, you have uh, three guys carrying the intestines. So you have a total of 24 kohanim. That's only with if a single person wants to, he can go. This, is, this would be if Chaim, when Chaim Shechter finds out that he's a Kohen, he's going to say, I'll, just sh- I'll carry this entire bull by himself. He, he, he likes to set up the shul by himself. He likes to do, you know, he's the Gabai. He says he's going to be schlepping up and down the ramp all day, carrying this head and then the intestines. Um, so that's going to be the carbon yachid. Imratza lahakariv makariv. That hivshitan and hivshitan v'nituchan, flaying and dismembering it, shel elu ve'elu shavim. That would be the same amount of personnel uh, for those karbanos yachid 
right, is going to be the same amount, whether it's a ram or a bull or any other kind of animal. And so we're up to the Gemara at the very bottom of Chavavah Mabez. Have a good Shabbos.